Uh, before we get started, I've got a few little things I want to talk about. Like they said, the election's coming up Tuesday. If you haven't voted, go vote. This is our chance to make our voices heard. Uh, second, these uh, Christmas boxes, we're going to pack them on the 9th. I believe there's a list outside. If you all want to get anything, you can bring it to the church. I'll be here during the day, or you can bring it by the house. Or if you don't have time to go get something and you just want to give us some money, we can run to Walmart and get some stuff from the dollar store, whatever we need to do. And lastly, I got some great advice on losing weight. Buy a bigger belt. <laughs> I bought a belt, a new belt, and I went from the last hole to the first hole, and man, I feel good about myself. <laughs> so, just in case anybody was wondering. So please stand for the reading of the word. It's going to be Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance that, I'm, that may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. Father, we just want to pray in advance for this election. Father, as it comes up, we just pray that our voices will be heard and that your will will be done, Father, not ours. We know that no matter what the outcome of this election, Father, that you're in charge and that you'll work everything out for the good of those who love you. Father, I just pray that you'll open our ears to hear this message and our hearts to receive it. Father, I love you and I praise you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So as we prepare to celebrate Veterans Day, I want to personally thank each and every member of the armed forces. We live in a country where we're lucky enough to have men and women that volunteer to serve our country, or serve in our military. 1 John 3.16 says, There's no greater love than for one to lay down his life for another brother or sister. And when we look at our veterans, each one of them have risked their lives to save us so that we could have freedom, not knowing us, but they risked their lives. Just as Jesus gave up his life for us. So I just want to say to each of you men and women in the armed forces that you always have my respect and I'll always praise you. But there's a war going on right now that each of us are in. It's a war between good and evil. A war between light and darkness. A war that's going on all across this world. And a war that as much as we hate to admit it's going on right here in our own town. It's a war we must be willing to fight. It's a war that's going to have a lasting effect on our town and, more importantly, on our kids. And if we stand down and we don't get in this battle, 
Life may be easier for us, but it's going to be much, much harder for our children and for our grandchildren. See, I love my kids, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. I'll gladly get in this battle for my kids, and I'll gladly lay down my life for my kids. And I hope that each of you, man and woman, father and mother, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, are willing to do the same for your family. It's time we take back what the enemy has taken from us. It's time we stand up and say enough's enough. It's time to stop turning a blind eye to all the things that are going on in this world. God is with us, and he will give us victory, but we have to be willing to step out in faith. Understand this. You're in this war, whether you like it or not. The only choice you have is whose side you're on. So if we're going to go to war, we need to know our enemy. You need to understand how much the enemy hates you. There's nothing that he won't do to destroy you. He wants to take you to hell right along with him. He'll never stop attacking you, and he'll never leave you alone. Like I said last week, he'll use family, friends, music, movies, or anything else he can to get to you. He'll give you the things of the, that the world considers valuable, while at the same time still in your soul. There's absolutely zero good in him, and he'll lead you to eternal death. This is not some weak earthly enemy that we're fighting. We're talking about a guy that while in heaven, in the presence of God, convinced a third of the angels that he was more powerful than God, and you think he can't trick you? You see, in John 8, verse 44, Jesus calls him a murderer from the beginning and a liar because there's no truth in him. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still believing the lies that he tells us. Oh, it's okay to get drunk. Everyone does it. Jesus turned water into wine, so it must be okay. Even though scripture says to avoid drunkenness and that drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God, drinking is widely accepted among Christians all across the world. How about this? It's okay to watch shows or movies that promote witchcraft, homosexuality, or violence. They're just cute little kid movies. It doesn't really affect us. Or it's okay to listen to music about sex, drugs, cheating, and drinking. I'm just listening to it. It doesn't mean I'm going to do what it says. See, scientific studies have proven that music stimulates the brain. And the Bible tells us we will reap what we sow. So what we pour into our minds is going to come out in our actions. Back in my BC days, that's before Christ, I listened to Eminem all the time. And for y'all, y'all don't know who that is. He's a rapper that sings pretty much about violence and hate. And I would tell people that it would calm me down. You know, I was in a dark spot in those days, and uh, I would hear a lot of voices in my head. And I would put my earphones on, and I would turn the music on, and it would just calm me. At least I thought it would calm me. But it was actually taking me to another place where I was just filled with more anger and more hate and more evil. And I was just doing the work for the enemy. But what else does the Bible tell us about our enemy? In Job, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the Lord asked him, where did you come from? And Satan said, from roaming through the earth. See, Satan's been on the earth with us from the beginning of time. He was at the Garden of Eden, and he's here with us now. <clears throat> Job also tells us that he'll use others to, to attack you. He used the Sabians and the Chaldeans 
to attack Job's servants and to take his oxen, his donkeys, and his camel. Satan's also able to manipulate the weather. He said he used the fire of God, which is just a very poetic way to describe lightning, to kill Job's sheep, and he used the wind to knock down the house that all of Job's kids were in and to kill them. And when that didn't work and he couldn't turn Job from God, Satan turned to bacterial warfare and he struck Job with painful bulls from his head to his toe. See, we've all been through that in the past couple of years with COVID and how it convinced people that they could attend church online and not in person. Now, I understand that there are people that have medical issues that can't attend in person, and for that I am thankful that we can live stream. That's not who I'm talking to. There are many people that use online service as an excuse not to come to church and makes it easier for Satan to attack them because they've lost the fellowship that only the church can provide. So I'd be willing to bet that everyone in here has been a victim of at least one of these three common attacks. Either your family or friends have turned your back on you, or maybe a spouse, ex-spouse has done something to hurt you. Lots of people in this community depend on rain to provide for their families, for their crops, for their livestock. And right now, as you can see, there's a lot of illnesses going around and a lot of people in our community that are sick. See, these are the basic, obvious attacks of the enemy. We can see them very clearly, and we know exactly what's going on. But not all attacks are this clear. In Luke chapter 4, Satan uses scripture to tempt Jesus. We see that going on in the church right now. There's a huge movement to allow the LGBT community to be in the pulpits. See, the enemy has twisted scripture around to make it fit his agenda, and many have fallen into that trap. A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we watched a movie at my house, and it was about this, uh, this tech company. It was kind of like if Google and Facebook had a kid, and that kid was on steroids. They put cameras all over the world, and they could see everything that was going on. And it was linked to everybody's phones. And I think they said over 90% of the world was on that platform that they were on. And what they said was they could take people off the America's Most Wanted list, and within 20 minutes, they could find them. So they picked a random person, and they put it out on the, on the website. And I think it was like 10 minutes before they started getting videos of the person. So they found them. So their pitch for this was with these cameras, if a child is ever taken, they could be able to find that child within 20 minutes. So it would ultimately end child trafficking. Sounds like a great thing, right? I mean, how could you not want to save children? But what they don't tell you is that they know everything about you. They know who you vote for. They know what groceries you buy. They know where you go. They, have, they had their medical records linked to it, so they knew everything about you. But people were just all about it because it was just a great thing, you know. And to me, it was kind of like the mark, the mark of the beast, and no one could even see it. But it was weird that, you know, we were watching it, and we could see the little secret meetings that they were having behind the scenes and talking about what was really going on. But there were still times that I caught myself thinking, man, you know, that's not just a horrible idea, just because of the way they twisted it around and presented it to us. And that's what the enemy does to us all the time. See, the enemy will pick out verses to make things sound good, make it easy to follow. We hear it, we think, well, it's in the Bible, so we have to believe it. But they don't go back and they don't read the scripture around it. They don't study the whole scripture. For example, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's 
quoted by many people. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. See, that gives everybody an excuse to be selfish and lazy. It gives everybody an excuse to not get involved and to not give up their own personal time to be a servant of God. But what they don't look at is verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. They don't want to read James 2, 7. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And they really don't want to look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. See, when you allow one or two verses to influence you because it makes it easier to be a Christian, you've already lost. So when all this fails, if Satan can't make you bad, he makes you busy. When you've got so much going on that you don't have time to read your Bible, come to church, attend Bible studies, that's the enemy keeping you distracted. We choose our priorities. And if these things that we choose are causing us to miss out on fellowship, then we need to do some reprioritizing in our lives. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and said, hey, man, I missed you at church. Everything okay? And their excuse was, oh, yeah, I was just tired. I just wanted to sleep in. You see, they couldn't give up anything on the other six days of the week, but they were willing to give up church on Sundays to make up for the rest of the week, for the rest that they had missed with their busy schedule the rest of the week. See, I can stand up here and say these things, not from a judgmental standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, because every one of those things that I've talked about, I've done in my life. So I'm not up here judging. I'm up here telling y'all what I've done, and what led me to follow God was living in that life for so long. But how do we defeat an enemy that's had thousands of years' experience in spiritual war? It's very simple. Just remember who you're fighting for. You see, God has already given us a battle plan. Everything we need to know is right here. Sorry about that. So number one, repent from our sins. We're all sinners. The only difference is some admit it and some try to justify it. Luke 13.3 says, Jesus says, while he was speaking, if one group's sin was worse than another group's sin, I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. See, repentance isn't asking for forgiveness at night and then doing the same sin again tomorrow. Repentance is a choice that believers make when they regret the sins that they've made and they want to turn away from them. Repentance is of the heart, not of the words. Number two, renew your mind. Romans 2:12, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, our world and society we live in has patterns that lead us to a broken life. These patterns are easy to fall into, but difficult to get out of. Most of the time, we don't even realize that we have been conformed. It's a slow, steady process of our minds being conditioned to follow the world. But the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Choose to follow Jesus. Choose to focus on God's love and mercy. Reject what the world considers valuable and have a heart to live for God. Number three, spend time in prayer. Far too often when we pray for something, 
and we don't receive an answer immediately, we give up. Daniel 10, verses 12 and 13 says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, that being Satan, withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. See, there was an unseen spiritual battle going on, and the enemy was trying to block his answers. But Daniel received his answers because he was faithful, and he continued to pray, and he continued in fasting. And when we pray, pray with authority. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name above every other name, that at, that name, at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. See, when you pray, pray with the authority of a child of the one true king. Luke 10, 19 and 20 says, Behold, I have given you the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, they've already told us that we have authority over the enemy. We've already won the battle. All we got to do is claim it. And when we... When we claim it, we shouldn't boast in ourselves that we, that we have power over the enemy. We should boast that our names are written in heaven. And number four, read the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You notice that it says all scripture, not a few verses here and there that make things sound good. So if you're going to be able to withstand the false teachings of the world, you need to educate yourself on the word of God. The Bible shows us who God is, and in every part of the Bible we can see the holy, unchanging, faithful love of our Father. Reading our Bible fills our minds with the word of God instead of with the filth of the world. It allows us to grow and mature in our relationship with our Father. Number five, be willing to serve. The Bible's full of scripture telling us to serve. Jesus himself said in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Serving others breaks the selfishness that we all have. When we can put our wants aside and think about others' needs, we are showing that our minds have been transformed to be more like Christ. And number six, get involved. God moves when we move. Joshua chapter 3 tells us the story of the Israelites preparing to enter the promised land. And the Lord had told them when they got to the river that, uh, well, this was a time with, during the, the flood season. So the river was at its highest level and it was flowing. And the Lord said to the priests that are carrying the ark to go in first. And as soon as their feet went into the water, that he would stop the current upstream. You see, God could have stopped it before they got there. But he wanted to see that they had the faith to step in. So a lot of times God gives us the answer. He gives us a way for victory. But he wants to see that we're willing to step in and step out into our faith. So I'm going to close with this, Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing. We're in the middle of the biggest war that we'll ever fight. 
There will be times when battles have been won and you'll think that the war is over, but the enemy's just regrouping. We can never let up spreading, spreading God's love and God's word. We need to use every opportunity that God gives us to honor and glorify him and use whatever position he has given us to influence others to leave the world behind and follow Christ. We're going to have a song, and the altar is going to be open. And as always, if you want to join the church or if you want to accept God for the first time, the altar is open. We're going to pray, and then we'll have a song. Please stand. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message that you've given me. Father, I just ask that you'll open up our hearts. Father, and I just want to I just want to do something different today, Father. If uh, if anybody feels like they're just ready to go all in, if they're ready to just to fully fight this battle, Father, and that they've chose what side they want to be on, Father, I ask that they come up and just make a public declaration that they're ready to fight. And Father, I just pray for uh, that you'll open our hearts and open our minds to see your truth and to hear your word, Father, and just uh, serve this community, Father, and just to say enough's enough, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. As you think it's in Jesus' name, amen. amen.